There will be no real non-controlled currency in the world. Bitcoin is punk rock. Deal with it. You split, we bankrupt you. Do you use lightning wallets to pay for things or not? No. Bitcoin Cash would be seen as more of a threat to the United States hegemony than Bitcoin. Miles Town, what's your favorite kind of money? Bitcoin Cash. Hello and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast following Bitcoin Cash on its rise to global reserve currency. This is episode number 66, St. Kitts Retro and Cash Rain Release, featuring David Hudman. Today is Saturday, the 3rd of December, 2022. I'm your host, Jeremy. Same as always, Jet is producing the show. And our guest today is a Bitcoin Cash advocate, a St. Kitts uh, attendee for BCH22. So we're going to get his thoughts on that. Also a computer programmer and a world-class runner has been absolutely destroying me on Strava with some <laughs> quick, quick runs, putting me to shame in, in that regard. Welcome I'll to the show, it. David, man. I'll, I'll take that compliment. <laughs> How'd you get into Bitcoin? Um, I mean, I heard about it in college. Um, you know, I was in college back in 2012, 2013. Um, doing a business information systems and I had friends who were building mining rigs and things. And, um, they were directing me to the sites that like back in the day, you could still mine Bitcoin by contributing, you know, your laptop's power or whatever. And like out of windows and like, like my college girlfriend had a Mac and like hers could mine better than mine could, but it was still like pennies and it didn't really even matter. But, um, even now with all the appreciation, it'd be still pennies <laughs> But, yeah. Um, yeah. So I was hearing about it from from there, and I was hearing about it from um, uh, like getting into Ron Paul and reading the Ron Paul forums, um, hearing all the people saying it was like one day it's going to go to ten thousand dollars. I'm thinking like, yeah, right. You guys are crazy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then it, I mean by by 2018, I think um, I was uh, buying a product from uh cody wilson um oh, yeah. uh renowned maximalist uh, yes. he sells he sells the uh ghost gunner um yes. this is like home home build uh gun manufacturing equipment and uh because the credit card companies wouldn't process his his transactions i mean he had to use bitcoin out of necessity and um yeah i just i had a coinbase account at the time or maybe i created one and, you know, I just sent it like straight from Coinbase straight to him. And at the time, you know, Bitcoin, I mean, it was years ago, but it was still like $8,000. So it hasn't appreciated that much since since that time. Um, I guess it would have been post-fork. So, um, Right. So so you knew about Bitcoin for all those years and you even mined some, but then you didn't actually like get some or try like transacting with it yourself until those until those years later when you actually had a, had a need for it. Yeah, well, I hate to say that, you know, I was mining it. Like, I just found some website that it would, you know, I didn't like build a rig or anything. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was something I was aware of. And I think the first time I really sent that transaction was to pay for the Ghost Gunner. Maybe I did a practice transaction or something, but it wasn't until uh, maybe 20, 2021, maybe 2020, um, 
when I was just like, okay, I want to download a, you know, a wallet and see what this is about. And I actually downloaded Bitcoin core and, and, you know, was syncing the blockchain. I tried out Ethereum, like see, I, I remember when I went from Bitcoin BTC to Ethereum, I was like, whoa, Ethereum's way faster. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I was trying out like all kinds of different wallets to see like what the best experience was. And I mean, th there are definitely some like good projects out there on the BTC side. Um, and I played around with Lightning and like tried to run a Lightning node using the uh, Umbral setup. Um, if you guys are familiar with that, um, yeah. basically like home Raspberry Pi and um, you can... How'd you, how'd you find it? Give us, an, uh, give us an honest review. You know, to be honest, I haven't probably dug into some of that stuff as much as I should have uh so it's yeah good to get a objective take on it well the the amount of the amount of sats i was putting into it um i was kind of like okay this is you know gonna be some amount i'll play around with to get it started and it just kind of wasn't enough and i was kind of like wait i'm gonna have to put up like some serious money that I don't really have you know to just sort of that i could potentially lose you know if i break whatever i can't remember exactly how much it was but with Bitcoin appreciating as much as it was, it was like, uh, I'm gonna have to put up like a few thousand dollars to have anyone want to open a channel with me. So I just kind of backed out of it. Um, but you know, I mean, I'm I, like, as far as onboarding people or getting them introduced, like, you know, I'm happy to, you know, send them sats over lightning or, you know, like whatever. Although I think the user experience is definitely Bitcoin cash and, I think that's what matters the most. And I started getting into that um, as, as I was reading Twitter and reading about El Salvador and what they were doing. And I think that's probably when I saw Mark Falzon's videos. Um, he probably like got me into Bitcoin cash. Um, maybe want to go to El Salvador though. I mean, like all his videos were great. And um, like seeing St. Kitts, that's part of the reason I wanted to go there. And um, yeah, I, um, I'm just seeing the arguments back and forth on Twitter with people talking about like, yeah, this is why like BCH works and could be a better system for the people. And, you know, I'm, I'm far from maximalist. I mean, like I'm for trying different things out and kind of seeing what works, but it seems like BCH definitely has an advantage over BTC in the money for the world kind of, kind of category. But, you know, I like other projects like Monero, I like uh, um, Zcash is interesting, but um I'd say like Monero and Bitcoin Cash are probably at the top of my um my interests. Yeah, well, there you go. That would be pretty typical of the uh, listeners. You know, a few a few weeks ago, we did uh, maybe even a couple of months at this point, we did a listener survey, and that was like the most uh, common coin was obviously BCH, right? But then people had uh, Monero and Ethereum were the two standouts that most uh, listeners were sort of interested in, uh, and mm -hmm. then BDC, BSV, and like. A couple others but that that was the those were the the most crossover uh that i think we had hey uh dr token with a three in the e and nuffle beer 604 we've got a bunch of new uh listeners tuning in this time that i've got a shout out we're going to do a live cash rain in 18 uh minutes and but I'll, I'll i'll mention all that in a moment but for because of cash rain i'm hoping that we're going to have a lot of new listeners on this episode it seems like we have um so far anyway we'll get to that in just a minute so starting with the price as always we have bch making a bit of a recovery the last couple of weeks now 111 dollars and 62 cents usd 
It's now one BTC buys 152.6 BCH. So BCH has improved on that ratio actually fairly decently. And one Ethereum buys 11.37 BCH. So Bitcoin Cash is again improving against ETH as well as BTC and USD since the last uh, show a couple of weeks ago. How do you handle the the markets, man? Like you said, you interested in different projects. Do you sort of split your investments around? Do you speculate a lot? Do you just hold a little in cold storage? How do you, you know, do you trade at all? How do you handle uh, crypto markets and the volatility? Well, for a while, I was um, I was using the uh, gosh, what's it called? Um, it was Badger or something that lets you yeah, buy. Wallet, yeah, yeah, it lets you buy a couple different cryptocurrencies for free. BTC was in the list, and that was probably you know the most correlated with you know BCH or you know whatever I was buying. So. I didn't really have, I'd like pay for, you'd have to pay for pro to use, um, you know, to get BCH or maybe to get some different coins. So I just kind of stuck with BTC and then just, you know, traded when I wanted to. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not really trading much or like if I hear about something or I was like, oh, you know, I want some Monero, I'd just get some, um, like maybe I, I think I got a little bit of Monero before the whole Russia thing um <laughs> okay. like made me think that i was like doing well in crypto for a while but i i think i'm i'm that down like overall most uh, most most of us are especially in bch man yeah it's <laughs> but, just like uh, w- w- like when i think about when i should have gotten in when i really first heard about it you know that I, I should be up a lot but i'm not <laughs> It's a it's a get rich slow kind of thing, which is the grand irony of crypto is that everybody sees it as being getting rich quick. But actually, the richest people in the space, for the most part, obviously, some of them were there really early. But the way that they got rich was by being early, but by not fucking it up. That was actually the bigger thing. It wasn't that they made some sick investments here and here and here. Like Usually, it was like they got a bunch of BC, they put it in cold storage, and they waited for like nine years. And they just didn't lose it, didn't get scams, didn't put it into an exchange that went bust, didn't fuck it up this way. Like maybe they got in on early on another couple of the more legitimate projects, but they didn't throw it all away in some crappy projects or whatever, right? That's really been the the key to success. And especially with BCH, given that it is like now at those prices of a hundred bucks a coin that BDC was back in the day, you know, if a flippening or when a flippening is on the cards. You're gonna be you're gonna be all good at that point, but obviously we've got to we've got to push that boulder a little bit further up the hill before it starts uh, rolling on its own. I guess you could say. So speaking of that, we've had some pretty good action this week on that front. So probably in it was on Thursday night, maybe or on Friday morning. Kim.com came out with his Cash Rain project that we'd. I'd seen the demo of, and we've talked about a little bit on this show, but viewers were still saying like, what is this? Can you explain it all or whatever? And now it's actually out so people can try it. It's in open beta, although they, they were running out of signups. So if they if you aren't able to sign up, well, you just go to cashrain.com. You can try and sign in and whatever. And if you can't sign up because they closed the beta, which they said they were going to be doing soon, then you can still get in, but you'll need an invite link from someone who's in. So... I don't know, hang around on Twitter or whatever Bitcoin Cash friends you have and see if see if one of them will get you an invite because that, that will still uh, be able to get you in. 
But essentially what it is, is it's this idea that Kim had to make a viral tipping and kind of promotion uh, app that lets you airdrop money to BCH, right? To huge crowds of people, essentially. Um, so like the Bitcoin Cash podcast has created a community which currently has about 1600 or seven yeah 1730 people in it who've all signed up now there's no barrier to entry right now on any community so you can just go on and then you can just join up on every community which is what i think a lot of people are doing uh i've just joined a couple of the people i know in the space but i don't just join up to random ones because i don't really see the need but then what happens is either the content, like the owner of the channel can either just do a cash rain where they pay in some amount of BCH, let's say like $100 worth, and then it basically just splits out to everybody in the community with some sort of random gamification in there, right? So let's say I send in $100, maybe it sends 10 cents to a 1,000 people. But if I have 2,000 subscribers, well, obviously some of them will miss out but it is random so as people are still tipping then it will go to them you know on the on the next round or whatever and the key point point is that the community creator can obviously do that to sort of promote things but then other people in the community can also do it if they're enjoying the community or just to give back basically they can also just send in money and it just cash rains onto everyone so it kind of has this nice dopamine inducing element where everybody feels like they're kind of getting rich and a lot of people don't need to contribute they can just get a couple of bucks of free bch out of it funded by whoever wants to promote themselves like in this case the podcast and the other element to it is that uh like i said it is random but your chance increases if you follow the twitch or the twitter account of the of the linked by the content creator so a lot of people and actually it's happened quite far so far have followed so this channel we had about 108 uh twitch followers 48 hours ago and now we've got like 600 and something so this has just driven a massive increase like 6x in 48 wow. hours and then on uh twitter it's also just bumped me up about 500 or 600 was from two and a half thousand roughly to over three thousand so the real question has been were these all just bots <laughs> or were they real people so that's why i said i was very interested to see in the chat we've had a few new first time chatters so it seems like at least a few people uh were real and they did come through and check in on the stream i don't know mm -hmm. how many are real and how many are not that sort of remains to be uh seen but that's been that's the kind of overview of uh cash rain so far have you had a chance to check it out and what did you think I haven't checked it out. So I'm, I mean, I've heard about it. It sounds like a cool concept and it seems like BCH has an advantage, um, you know, just due to being able to do instant payments, like smaller payments, smaller fees, um, maybe even advantage over lightning. Um, cause you know, lightning's fees are not zero. Um, but yeah, I haven't had a chance to check it out for myself. So, it, but it sounds cool. It sounds like a cool app. Just, yeah, I haven't had time so far. Been working on my own stuff. Ooh. We've got uh we've got uh it's no one Scott Space and GKB TBL in the chat. First time chatters all confirming that they are not uh bots and that they're enjoying nice. cash rain. So that's good to see. Like it it seems like it is actually creating quite a bit of hype. I mean, I sort of felt like there might be some element where it's 
it's attracting kind of a combo, you know, of real people and bots. But then once you get a certain number of real people or even bots liking or retweeting your tweets, then it starts getting onto other people's real people's feeds by, you know, recommended oh, a hundred people like this post or whatever. Such. So it can start a bit artificial and then snowball into being organic. That's kind of what I felt was, was sort of happening a little bit, but it will only remain to see as as time goes on whether the posts continue to have the sort of um, you know organic uh, traction and stuff separate to the cash rain posts or whether the cash rain uh, promoted or you know hype uh, things was kind of were the only time when everyone gets really excited and engaged about that. But it certainly hasn't just been me. I've seen a bunch of other people talking about like Bitcoin Jason and several others have have found the same effect so i don't know how kim has done this that he's just found some <laughs> loop <laughs> loophole in the internet or something to just massively blow up because this is this is the first 48 hours of his beta right he hasn't even had any time to adjust things or tweak things or improve it or i don't know like whatever changes to the formula or feedback none of that just on his first shot at it it already seems to be taken off. So this is, seems to be kind of pretty bullish. I, I, I don't know. Are you uh, caught off guard by the success of this in any way or how much hype you've heard? Yeah, I mean, I'm well, I'm wanting to check it out now because like you have gotten me really curious. So, I mean, and he's, you know, a big influencer with a huge following. And, you know, they, this is a guy that they mentioned like in national media periodically. So um, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see the, the influence that has but um yeah i mean uh, like when you're looking at this and you know the other projects people are working on like um that give people more of an opportunity to use it in a real way i think that's all going to be be really positive um yeah that's, that's i think there are other bullish signals too um uh -huh. right now i mean like i hate to get like too into the price and stuff but no uh, no go go ahead i mean I, I was listening to uh to ryan giffen on his youtube channel this morning and he was talking about how he wanted to tip somebody in BCH. And they basically like got really mad at him and said, like, how could you do this after FTX? Like, everybody lost all this money. And, like, you're trying to, like, give this stuff out or, you know, whatever. It's like, I mean, you don't hear people saying, like, oh, man, like, a bank failed. Like, why are you trying to give dollars out? <laughs> you know? But, I mean... I it just when there's that kind of panic about it, it just seems like, I mean, I mean, I'm not an analyst or anything, but that sounds like about the most bullish, like bullish kind of signal you can get is when people are hostile to an asset. So at the bottom of the bear market. Yeah, well, that, that's right. Yeah, we I mean, might see. Go and, and I mean, these weren't like technical people, you know, these were like people who were he was going to tip for like working on his car or like, fixing his tire or something. And like those people are being hostile. So got to think like it's a good time to buy. <laughs> well, it all comes good in the end, which is that time cleans away a lot of the frauds, but the solid projects basically remain. And so while it is difficult for the solid project like Ethereum or like Bitcoin Cash to sort of fight through over time, 
uh, nevertheless they have they they do slowly build up credibility as people come into the scene and then research like what are the oldest longest running things what are their projects with real people behind and it's not just a pump and dump or it's not just a scam that's going to blow up or it's not making all these promises that it's not going to like fulfill i mean i say that global reserve currency and all that but uh, uh you know it's, that's actually like there's a lot of history behind that that's not just something that i'm just uh making up from nowhere you know there is the fundamentals of money and people are using it to transact and it is catching on and there is not some company ready to just dump 80 percent of the the supply on everyone we can see in the chat here we've got brazil mexico bangladesh uh maybe someone from argentina as well too so yeah we've got a whole bunch of new listeners from all over the world it seems like <laughs> from from this whole cash rain endeavor i don't know what i was expecting that i sort of like having the viewers go up the followers go up 6x dubai as well yet yeah, forward uh i was expecting like some increase because i didn't feel like you can't get 500 followers and have them all be bots some of them would obviously tune in but i also didn't know whether it would just be crazy and like suddenly there'll be just the chat would just be flooded with all these uh new people it seems like a, a bit of a mix uh, about what i sort of expected that we've had definitely a few new people have been checking in and interested and following it um but at the same time, yeah, some some people are just there to try and get their their two cents of uh, on chain tips and then uh, duck out of there. So we're going to do a one BCH uh, cash rain live on the show in four minutes. Uh, at the moment, let me just let me just uh, refresh here. We got one hundred and fifty four people have entered into this by liking or retweeting, um, and then we've also got. A, so I'm setting it one BCH and there'll be a, a jackpot of $28, 0.25 BCH. So somebody will get 30 bucks out of just being, <laughs> being, uh, being, re, being one of the retweeters there, which is, which is pretty good, I guess. Uh, so obviously part of this also has been that it's boosted the kind of on-chain activity um, for the, for the blockchain. So that's my stat of the week this week transactions per second have rocketed up in the last uh seven days the graph kind of is close to about 0.2 transactions per second on the bitcoin cash blockchain and then after cash rain was released it uh went up from 0.18 0.2 up to 0.3 or 0.35 so almost kind of one and a half x or doubled and then dipped off a little bit after the initial hype, and then it rocketed up a ton more to 0.7 transactions per second, so more than tripling, nearly quadrupling what it had been before as well. So part of that is the uh, cash rain hype because all of this stuff is all on chain, and that's why it's you know so important that people are getting onboarded this way because they do learn how to use an actual wallet and stuff like that like we're not onboarding them to an exchange or we're not showing them some uh you know new scam or something like if cash rain shut down right now everybody would still have their bitcoin cash and everybody is being onboarded into real non-custodial wallets so that's <laughs> that's a pretty perfect as far as a an adoption uh tool goes we're just going to have to see how kind of viral it goes once some bigger influences 
get uh get involved so then we've got in 1021 says also we can agree kim did a great job in giving something to content creators that can attract an audience if the audience stays or not definitely depends on the content they're provided yeah and so i guess that's it as a content creator we can sort of pay to get uh you know our stuff promoted via twitch and twitter and i assume pretty soon youtube and instagram and everything else as well too but they're only going to stick around if we're doing a good job so i guess it's kind of uh beholden on on us to do that we've got okay 80 seconds until the uh cash rain jet have you got the uh you got the stream up ready to to show us we'll do it we'll do it live Okay, all right. One minute. I, this is this is all live. So if this doesn't work, <laughs> we're gonna see it fuck up oh, no. right now. But I haven't done one of these. Uh, haven't done one of these cash rains. Uh, I've done the cash rains, but not these ones that are only. Uh, they're called active cash rains that they tick down and then they hit a uh, hit a hit the timer and then and then you have to pay them. So apparently what happens is if you don't pay and you try and scam everyone with a lot of hype, but then you don't fall through, Kim said that they're just monitoring it. If people's accounts are doing that, then they're just going to like ban you. But so great, like uh, John McAfee. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, it seems like um, in the future, they should add it actually so that you just pay in advance. So the money is already there. I think that would actually be a lot, a lot much, a lot better, but Okay, here we go. Ten seconds. Got the countdown. My little. Let's see how many. How many people? One hundred and fifty-nine people have uh, entered. Two, one. <laughs> so cash drain on participants. So I'm gonna go here. Let it rain. Your invoice is being generated. This can take a moment. It's what I'm seeing on my screen. And it's got to give me a. All right, here we go. Here's the QR code. And it's saying for 0 0.7564 BCH. I promised one BCH, so I'm not sure why it was less. But okay, let me just send that. It's for how much and BCH? Sent. Well, I was trying to send one BCH. Oh, here we go. Okay, so it did. On my wallet, it says 0 0.756 BCH, but it said 1.01 BCH has been rained to 157 winners. Congratulations to at top parkar who got $28 out of that 0 0.25 BCH and uh, Dexter VIP Corp infinity underscore D one double Oh one jet Scythe <laughs> and Lloyd got $2 and 80 cents each. And then $44 and 83 cents has been rained to the remaining 152 participants. So congratulations there we go infinity d1001 in the chat <laughs> congratulations <laughs> on your on your cash rain that was pretty fun uh so i think you can sort of see there that um you guys should give something extra to people who are watching the stream well i don't know if you uh want to do that if you can put your bitcoin cash uh address you can paste your address in the stream chat and people might uh tip you some bch there you go I, I don't know i don't have anything special prepared uh for the live uh viewers but i guess there's there's a bit of a historical i think this is the first on stream cash rain ever so once uh it's kicking off in the future once bloody pewdiepie or like whatever some huge guy with a million things is doing a cash rain you can be like i was there early 
I'll tell you what, I'll give you a tip right now. Uh, maybe acquire some BCH and uh, that's my gift to you. You can yeah. uh, thank thank me in uh, three years' time once this has uh, kicked off. Um, you may be able to set up a cash box and announce it here on live stream. That's another... If somebody can explain to me what is a cash box, that would be really helpful because I have one now. It says, tell your community, there is $1.03 left in this box. But I don't know how. How does anybody get get this cash box? What there's like nothing there. Whoever clicks on it, okay. Well, yeah, I opened a couple cash boxes yesterday, and it was just like if I went to the community tab at the right time, then I could see it to, and it's just tap on it, and it was instantly deposited. All right. Well, so somebody's got to try and get it. There's a there's a button for me that says delete cash box. So I'm not going to press that. But uh, I don't know if I need to activate it or anything. It seems like uh, it should just be there. So uh, the first one that opened the cat, well, somebody just go and open it then because that's that's free money for you right there. Uh, Lebanon666, uh, welcome also to the stream. Okay, all right. So that was our kind of uh, cash rain uh, segment there. But I don't know, Jet, did you have any thoughts on how you've uh, how you found it so far? There we go. I was muted on OBS, so they wouldn't have been able to hear me. Uh, I'm just going to go back to the cash rain thing real quick so that I can see if the box is visible. Uh, I found it really easy. Like, no issues at all. I'm also just seeing here in the bottom right to the, to the community page, it's like loading up the stream, or trying to at least. Well, that was, that was the... That, that was, was I didn't expect that. that. I was, was kind of it was, came up with sort of distracting me, but apparently, yeah, our stream is live right now on cashbrain.com. Yeah. Which I was not <laughs> aware of at all. So that's a pretty cool little integration. I don't know that anybody's seen that before because I don't know that anybody's done a live a live stream from one of the active cash brains. But uh, anyway, there there you go. Um yeah, I thought it's been super, super fantastic. Like it's been, like I, I mentioned in the Telegram chat, um, I, I saw someone else posted that their girlfriend was interested in it just from them being like, hey, I'm getting like all these micro payments. Um, and so I was telling Alex about it and she was like, well, how do I sign up? So, oh, uh, Callisti just let it rain on another 40 listeners to the podcast. Thank you for that. Uh, she signed up last night and got her first Bitcoin cash transactions that weren't from me. So that it, yeah. it seems like it's actually making some progress. And the UI I find is really smooth. There's a couple features that I'd like to see, but brand new. So I'll give it some time and I'm optimistic about it. Bitcoin Cash TV says they got their wife signed up and onboarded. I, I, it's just It's just fun. Like that seems to be a bit of the magic sauce here is that... Yeah, it's just a small amount of money, basically. And it's just people have fun being charitable. It reminds me a lot of when there was the first tipping bots on Reddit, except this is just at a much bigger scale. And so, it's yeah, anybody right now can uh, can send in. In 1021 is still begging hard for these Satoshis to shower some love on us live watches. Um, but... Uh, Anyway, yeah, it's just fun, and people can put their address in the in the chat. Santhio uh, seven, uh, welcome to the welcome to the stream. So yeah, we'll see how how this kind of turns out. Like I said, it was just the first day, the first 
48 hours, but so far it seems to have been a bit of a phenomenal hit, a bit of a sleeper hit too, because it's not really taking the crypto world by storm yet. They're all busy complaining about losing their money on FTX, but it might come uh, come back around onto that. Uh, right now, so we've also got... Yes, real quick. Right now, we're also at anywhere from quadrupled to pentupled our our average live viewers. So, not all bots. So, there we go. So, then our follower uh, count went up 6x, and we've got, you know, four to five x extra viewers. So, it sounds proportional. Then it sounds like people are tuning in to check out the show, and maybe they'll be uh, hyping, (laughs) hyping people up now that they've seen the live stream and people got their money. Rent. I could just see some huge like this. I'm not a big streamer, right? We got a couple hundred subs now. Somebody with a million followers is going to load this up and just be like, "I've already made ten million from Twitch. Let me just throw three hundred thousand in here, and just a bunch of people instantly get rich." Right? That's yeah. that's some powerful market psychology right there, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> and especially when uh, everybody can get something, you know, you can give that one penny to everybody sort of so fun yeah real sort of community uh bonding kind of thing so i wanted to make one other uh point about this is that so we've seen the increased activity on the on the network because uh it's important that other coins can't really copy this so much uh because the vast majority of coins that are EVM sort of uh, based like Ethereum or whatever, the fees would be way too high. It's very like one of these BCH transaction can go out to at 0.01 cent fee and it sends to 600 or a thousand people at once in a UTXO model in an account model. You can't do that. You'd have to send a thousand transactions basically. So uh, it would be way more expensive for them to do it's not designed in that way so you have to be a low fee utxo change which means btc is out as well too and even like dogecoin and stuff once that got a bit of traffic going fees started going up so this is a even if kim decided he wanted to support other coins which i don't think he will do i think he's like no we're just going to make bch huge other coins can be like wait this is going viral why don't we make something like that well it's not going to work for them Firstly, technically and economically, it's not going to work. But also, secondly, viral things tend to have a uh, first mover advantage. You know, if you're just the knockoff, whatever, everyone's like, yeah, but you didn't come up with that. I guess there was CryptoPunks and then there was Bored Apes. And then mm-hmm. who really cares about any of the NFTs after that? It was like, this is the crappy CryptoPunks. Well, this is the crappy Bored Apes, really. Um, so, yeah, can't see, <laughs> can't see any, any big moves coming out of... Uh, out of any of them and then we had so we had this activity on the blockchain but i don't think it's actually all cash rain uh based because i have also here community comment of the week so this is just a little uh side point i guess that uh was made which is that bitcoin uh jason pointed out to me that the top post on reddit is uh from somebody who's taken a screenshot of the uh, transact TX Street website where you can visualize uh, the transactions on the BCH blockchain and the BDC blockchain and more as people getting onto a bus and all these people getting onto the BCH bus. And the post is titled, When You Really Need High Volume, Low Fee and Reliable Service, There's Really Only One Good Choice, Obviously BCH. Bitcoin Jason said, Is there going to be a report on this? And the uh, author, who's this 
pchandle underscore au said there is a more detailed story to the image shown in this post however the contrast between bch and bdc was observed during a test we were running and was in itself post worthy in my honest opinion for what it's worth the test was the collaboration of 224 decentralized actors who collaborated to build a digital asset from more than 1 million components each component was prepaid with the permissionless peer-to-peer security of the Bitcoin Cash blockchain. The transaction count on the 2nd of December 2022 UTC tells a little more of the story. The full story will be posted in the next day or two. So these are the guys from the Bitcoin Cash City who are working on another app that is still sort of in the last little bits of development. I've heard a little bit about it from them, but I'm still actually not clear on a lot of the... Uh, details but they're ramping up and putting a lot of transactions on the chain uh with what they're working on so this cash rain hype might be just the start like people are gonna get excited about cash rain and then this new one is going to be uh coming out as well yeah this is 17 welcome uh yeah this is the idea that's not just about building i mean they say digital asset or you know they're building a a digital component like they make it sound like it's nft but I mean, from talking to them at the conference, they're talking about like actually building software um, and assembling like many digital contractors to put it all together, which is an interesting idea. Um, if it can work, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe it, maybe it won't, maybe it will though. Um, yeah, I use Copilot be, yeah. a lot. Copilot works really well and it sounds like they're sort of talking about something that would, you know, have a similar kind of uh, similar kind of functionality, but in a more like spread out, like call it decentralized maybe, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be tough to define those requirements to, to build that out and build something that's, that's not just pulling in like random things that don't matter. Um, it's, it's a, it seems like a tough problem to solve, but I mean, Hey, if they can solve it, it sounds like they would make a lot of money in it. Well, that's exactly it. So for people who don't know, Copilot is the sort of AI-generated uh, code completer, right, for for yeah. Visual Studio Code? Or is it, is, is it in, I guess it's probably in every IDE, right? But I don't know. But, I've actually never used it, so. Yeah, I've only used it in uh, Copilot. It's 100 bucks a year, and it's definitely worth it. Um, I mean, just, you know, doing basic things that, you know, aren't anything outside that's, far outside of the box it's like okay i'm just calling an api i'm just returning some data i'm just dealing with errors i'm just dealing with valid responses it like it pretty much knows what you're doing and it can you know i guess you'd say scaffold a lot of that for you i don't know scaffold is the wrong word but um yeah it's like it's building that basic stuff for you pretty easily so we're going to be out of a job as software developers then pretty soon you and i like what I thought I was you download it and start using it. Proof. Yeah. <laughs> but then I'm just gonna speed it up. I'm gonna speed up my own yeah. demise. <laughs> I'm a little yeah. bit worried about that. <laughs> no, I think we'll just be better at using it than everyone else. So that might be the that please clip that out for the for the clips. <laughs> the, the last the last ones to be to be automated is the robots take all our jobs well that's why we've got to have a bit of bch because i'm sure that the ai's favorite currency is going to be bch too so at least we'll have enough uh enough money to uh pay for uh you know the rest of our lives um, yeah 
Well, the, you know, the, I remember the AI in Silicon AI. Valley. They on in the Silicon Valley sitcom did eventually crack uh, public key encryption. So uh, <laughs> we better up crazy. We better get some quantum quantum in, encrypted keys going on there. Yeah, <laughs> pretty soon. The guys, uh, uh, Bitcoin Cash City can build the software that's resistant to that. Yes. Well, we're we're definitely gonna definitely gonna need something like that. I to be honest, and this is totally off topic, but I I am starting to get a little bit wary about this stuff because i even i should be the person most oh the future it's going to be great technology has always made things better yeah it has but we are at some seriously uh singularity type of stuff starting to happen uh right here so maybe i mean there's no stopping it right so we just kind of got to handle it as as best we can but it does feel a bit like maybe it'll all come together pretty fast with like brain chips getting implemented to people and ai uh, and what people seem to think that AI is going to be kind of benevolent or hopeful, like they're trying to keep the the reins on it. But it sort of seems to me like, well, that's like the ants trying to negotiate with us, you know, please don't destroy our hive. Well, maybe if a kid's feeling like an asshole, he just stomps on the ants nest and that's goodbye ants, right? That's going to be us trying to deal with these AIs. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm a little, I'm a little wary. Are you optimistic about uh, humanity's future in a post singularity type case? Um, <laughs> I mean, it definitely presents some challenges. Say that. Um, I don't think it'll represent the end of humanity or anything like that. But um, what what I think some interesting developments are lately is that all of a sudden Elon Musk is like the hero of the right, and he's also working on the brain chips. And so you've got all these people that might have been resistant to something like that. Now they're maybe more open to it because, you know, to them, they're really just like populists or, you know, something along those lines. And um, Elon Musk is their hero now. So um, it, it, it sort of makes you like a little bit more, um, I don't know, sympathetic that there really is a group just running everything. And they're like changing they're like trying to manipulate who our who our leaders are and things like that to to the point like not just oh we're going to control the president and the congress it's like no we need to control like who the thought leaders are, are for this like sect of people um and i mean all of a sudden elon musk is is up there and um i mean jeff bezos almost seemed like he was you know kind of coming in at one point um saying some things that were very you know, pro-capitalist and um, things that the right would be very sympathetic to. It's like, uh, maybe they were ch- trying them out and just seeing what, seeing what stuck or something. Uh, I don't know. It might not be that sinister, but, or that, um, that orchestrated, but um, sometimes it seems like it. Yeah. Well, it certainly does. I mean, I, I try to fall in a bit of a middle ground. Like I think if you think there's no, nothing going on then you just have your eyes shut or you're just unaware of what's happening in the world because if you do any sort of uh, moderate level of research on pretty much any subject right it's it's like you know good ones are like the history of bitcoin obviously or the you know the what's been going on at twitter right now is a classic uh case of that but you can look into anything really you can find any industry that you delve into enough 
you'll be able to find there was some shady shit that went on behind the scenes and this kind of got covered up and this history got changed and these these people got uh, redacted from the history books. You know, history is written by the winners, but it's also written by, you know, the ones who prefer to stay out of the limelight, right? That there's just That's just in everything. So that's definitely the case. But on the other hand, it is also true that, uh, like, reality is messy and it's there is not actually somebody puppeteering the strings of enough individual people and if the world just kind of goes in the wrong direction then whoever is trying to be manipulating things can get a bit wrecked right uh mm-hmm. i mean I, I really don't want to get into it all now because it's kind of off topic and but the ukraine war mm-hmm. at the moment is a classic case of that with uh putin clearly thought oh i can just grab this and then turns out he estimated wrong and uh it didn't really work out that way but not not to get not to get into all that let's let's talk about something uh positive in the world so you were at the saint kitts conference uh we met there it was actually it was actually good we had a, had a had a good time uh yeah. how did you how did you find that like a lot of people have been really curious about my experience there and, and whatever what was what was your thoughts how did you find it um you, you mean just just my experience with the whole, whole event um yeah at first of all you're talking about how i initially heard of it because i actually don't remember how i initially heard of it but um but as far as my experience there it was great um really interested to see you know after like mark falzon posting videos and um you know going down there and paying everywhere it just it really made me think that like wow it really has taken over there and i and i really do want to see it and it really was awesome to be able to pay for so much stuff with bitcoin cash and just have that smooth user experience um and everybody seemed to know about it. it wasn't like they were unfamiliar with it now like when we ventured outside of like you know the hotel that accepted it and you know the bars that accepted it yeah you know we we saw people who who weren't that familiar with it and we tried to onboard them and but you know we also went down to the uh to the port I, i'm not sure if you came with us that night but we um we went to uh to nevis and so we had to take a boat over there and so we had to take like a taxi to the boat we just kind of like found a taxi driver who accepted it. So it wasn't like we had to ask him or anything. He was like, oh, yeah, you, you did Bitcoin Cash. Yeah, I'm doing that. And there are people all over that port area where the cruise ships come in. That that was where we went out and found the taxi driver. But there were people all over that area that accepted like lots of merchants. So you've got people coming off the cruise ships that are seeing where they can spend it. And that's pretty cool, too. Yeah, for me, I so I was there for two weeks and I made five and a half fiat transactions for the grocery store. If they'd been able to onboard, then that would have been brilliant because then I would have been able to get nearly 100%. One yeah. with a taxi on the way back because the guy had had a bad experience. It was funny, actually, because he told me this story where I said, do you take Bitcoin? And he said, uh, kind of, but not really. And I was kind of, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> like, what yeah. does that mean? And so as we're driving to the airport, he explained to me that, apparently he had somebody who said i'll pay in bitcoin and then they basically just scammed him and kind of ran off at the end so i was kind of like okay well that sucks i mean whoever that was screwing up the reputation of the bitcoin community thanks whoever that was because now you've soured this guy on it but on the other hand it was very interesting because uh in a previous iteration i would expect to have that story convince someone that bitcoin cash was to blame but he seemed very aware of the fact that like somebody could have scammed him in US dollars and that it was the person who'd scammed him that was the problem and not the actual Bitcoin cash. Like he'd seen enough other Bitcoin cash stuff going on to know that 
it was legitimate, right? And so yeah. that was kind of interesting. So I did pay in fiat because I didn't want to push him on that, but uh, mm-hmm. I paid him in fiat. And then I also paid one other taxi driver half in fiat because on the on the way there, I convinced them that to take some BCH. So they took 50% fiat, 50% uh, BCH, which was That's awesome. Cool. I also met a bunch of listeners to the show, which was really cool. Everybody's really cool in person. Uh, people look different in person. That was another thing I found a lot is that uh, everybody was kind of how I expected them to be. It was not like some people had some big online personality and then in reality, they were completely different. But a lot of people, the first time I uh, saw, not with you, actually, I instantly uh, kind of recognized you, but a lot of other people, yeah. they were like, I was like, hi, I'm Jeremy. And they're like, oh, I'm so-and-so like that that you should know or that we've like spoken on Telegram or something. And I was always like, oh, yeah, because sometimes I, you know, the image that I have of them is like their one profile picture where they've got a different haircut or they're just like in a different lighting or something like that. And then you see them in uh, 3D. And as soon as they say, yeah, I'm so-and-so, your brain connects and it knows. But, uh, you know, just turning around with someone like, hey, I'm so-and-so. And you just kind of like, oh, (laughs) so that was a super interesting uh experience i think but uh i, also yeah, I, I didn't that... expect you to have like the big wings behind you that you know because you can't see it in these pictures you know with your front <laughs> profile like if you turn sideways jeremy's got these huge wings the fucking angel the yeah. angel of death just like coming i didn't actually get a plane to uh sent kids i just like man. dive bombed in yeah 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 exactly yeah, it, it, well, it's wings. like a um let's see it, 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 who's the marvel character the uh the guy that like wasn't a superhero and then they gave him the wings it's not hawkeye that's uh, that guy like jeremy renner or whatever the hell his name is yeah uh, the black guy in the movies he's like the only I, black avenger i think no and black panther yeah black panther and him oh i don't know that guy i haven't seen most of those Marvel movies i'm not i think it's just falcon, falcon. Uh, anyway falcon i'm like falcon all right well i'll take it <laughs> i'm a superhero it's pretty cool i love that yeah 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 um yeah, so that but that was that was awesome meeting a ton of people and uh, one thing I also found as well I don't know if you found this too well you're kind of in this category to be honest was uh, I met a bunch of people who were there obviously for BCH and you know the uh, part of it but a lot of people who came along just sort of circumstantially like you you weren't personally like Bitcoin Cash one hundred percent fuck all the other crypto you're not like that right yeah uh, but you just were like oh this is interesting let me check this out. And then they came along and they were really impressed. So I met several people who were just came along by some circumstance or another. Oh, I'll see how this is going. And then they were like, wow, this is, it's actually happening because I think seeing it being exchanged everywhere and, and so on really made a big impression. I think it will be hard for them to be convinced about other scams or other cryptos unless they see that same thing happening because they've seen the the progress. Did, did you notice that for yourself or for other people? Um, I'm, Sorry, I'm not sure I totally understood the question there. Well, so like you came along not necessarily like converted to Bitcoin Cash as, okay, this one's really, like you said, you like Monero and you've tried BDC and these other things. Did coming to the conference convince you in any way that Bitcoin Cash is leading the industry in that chances of being the world's money? Yeah, I mean, probably a couple of things things uh user experience i mentioned already um that's that's a huge one and just seeing the ogs you know 
you got people in there that have been around since 2009 and they're developers or they built mining rigs or something. They've been in it for a long time. They came to the BCH side. That kind of shows me there's some potential because, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's quite as many BSV folks that have that much experience with Bitcoin. Um, there are a few. There, there are definitely a few, but um, BCH seems a lot more serious. And the fact that there's people everywhere accepting it, you know, um, I think that that's a big deal. And there's more stuff coming. Like, you know, there's going to be more off ramps, ways to get back to fiat and ways to like actually use it, to save money. I think that's going to be a huge, a huge thing that it's going to make people want to just, oh, you know, why should I stop using dollars, the credit card system? That works fine. I think there's going to be incentives ahead and BCH makes it possible because the fees are so low and everything's so fast. So I think that's huge. Um, yeah, I have a lot of confidence. I mean, there's there are some issues. I'm not going to say like there's nothing out there. Like people have never raised any points to me. Like, uh, you know, what were it, the issues? Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, like we talked about Monero. It's like Monero kind of doesn't work that well as you know using quickly in a shop or something. You got like long sync times and um, you know, how long does it take to confirm? Like, I, I don't really even know what the confirmation time is with Monero. Do you, do you know? Well, I think they have, it would be after a few blocks and I think they have maybe like eight minute blocks or something, something weird like that. But it's yeah, like, I honestly have no idea. And, and they have, you know, like perpetual inflation, but same time, it's like part of their security model. Um, and I mean, I don't know if it's exactly set up right, but it does seem like, ah, oh man, you know, will the mining reward be enough? Because right now it's 6.25, you know, Bitcoin or BCH, you know, and, you know, whichever miner or sorry, whichever blocks the, the miners are, blockchains the miners are participating in. So, um, you know, when that goes down to, you know, point, oh six you know 40 years from now or whatever it's like will it be enough and will we have have to make some changes um i don't know i mean i say we like i'm not working on stuff <laughs> that's low level um yeah well we just need to get enough uh adoption right that's really because i think this whole uh inflation thing is sort of largely misunderstood right now it's one of the points i take issue with the monero community on is that they say oh look the uh, reward is going to run out so therefore you guys are not going to have any security if you don't build up enough transactions that's true but their solution to that is okay we've added this perpetual inflation and you're like okay well then you've kind of screwed up the sound money if you've added this inflation and then what they come back and say to you is yeah but we've added inflation but it's consistent so over time, it becomes a smaller and smaller like percentage until it eventually it kind of tails off until it's so small that it's basically not noticeable. And what mm. they haven't in that three-step conversation that you've had there, what they've kind of papered over is that there's no free lunch, right? If you have inflation, it, like somebody needs to pay for the security. So either you pay with it with inflation or with transaction fees. So the BCA strategy mm. is we're just going to get a lot of transaction fees and that's going to be the answer, right? But the mm. Monero strategy is like, well, that's not going to work. So we've added inflation, but the inflation is going to tail off. So it's basically the same thing. No, it isn't basically the same thing because then you're back to having to get transaction fees. Because otherwise, if you've got, you know, a tiny fragment of inflation, 
and no transaction fees, you've got no security anyway. So if you're adding inflation and that's your solution, that's fine. But you can't uh, try and have your cake and eat it at the same time and say, well, we're going to have trivial inflation, but also not really need transaction fees to rise to make up the difference. So, yeah, I haven't, I mean, I'm not, you know, super deep into that, you know, as far as I don't know all the arguments on that, on that argument. So, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's an interesting concept at the very least. And, and, you know, I was listening, I guess I'm more interested from like the economic side of it. And I was listening to some stuff, um, on the uh this podcast called rebel capitalist and it's by this guy named george gammon he's pretty popular he's probably got like half a million subscribers on youtube and you know he's kind of along the lines like peter chef but um you know maybe a little bit more sympathetic to cryptocurrency and stuff like that i mean he definitely likes the ideas um and he has on this guy uh jeff snyder who seems to really understand like how the banking system works uh, in the U S and in Europe and has kind of described a lot of these situations that are like really fuzzy for me, like, um, you know, these like repo arrangements and why we have like swap lines with like the fed and like the Swiss bank and like why, you know, money is moving. But anyway, he was kind of speaking about Bitcoin and talking about how, like, even though there's technically no inflation, there can be inflation within like like a small area like uh he basically described this um this old like i guess you'd say philanthropist or something he, he was a traveler he had a lot of money and he basically brought gold into this community and like wanted to help him out and he just like was giving away a lot of gold or you know paying for a lot of things like supposedly helping out their economy but basically like the fact that he gave away all this gold it caused like hyperinflation and he went out and he went had to go back and like had to like like kind of suck the gold back out so that it wouldn't destroy like destroy everything there and um you know you can have similar things with with bitcoin it's not um um it might not be like on the total like global scale but um you know there can be similar issues well yeah you certainly have the case and it's sort of interesting yeah that in any scenario printing money doesn't doesn't bring prosperity right you need actual economic trade uh to occur and printing money is just a temporary stopgap which the government tries and it always fails and then this guy tried it doesn't matter whether it was gold or something else in a local economy you put in a bunch of cash it's going to change the situation right and that was one of the things i thought was quite interesting about the saint kitts thing is that yes adoption is not everywhere but i can see that it will rapidly spread on the order of you know uh one to three years maybe because the people who are closer to the inflowing money which is the bch you know the tourists bringing it in or people making online purchases in bch uh are going to be benefiting relative to the rest of the economy so the people who are missing out on that bch if they have some objections or they don't like it or it's too unfamiliar or whatever they're pretty quickly going to discover wait, everybody else is on this rising tide and I'm being left out. And so that will kind of convert them by default. That's how I, like you were saying about the taxi drivers, right? So like the one I talked to, he didn't really want to accept it, but some of the others do. 
and all of the attendees were all trying to find the taxi drivers who were accepting BCH. So it's just a no brainer that the rest of them, especially since it's so easy and they can just jump on, they just need to ask somebody else to show them how it works for 30 seconds. Then they've got it. Right. So I don't know. Do you, do you, what, like what would be your prediction for the St. Kitts adoption? Do you think if we go back in, in one year, do you think it'll be significantly more improved or not? I mean, I think it does depend on people putting work in on the ground. So it's kind of hard to predict how much work people are willing to put in. And just like, you know, it also depends on are we contributing with our projects or, or developers contributing. So there's a lot of factors there. And um, it, yeah, it really depends on how much work people are willing to put in. Um, and, you know, we're taking for granted even like the people writing the node software. Um, you know, I'm not involved in that. Um, and I wouldn't want to be. Uh, <laughs> so, just, it, it seems so hard. It's like, it's probably like Bitcoin wallets are for the average person, honestly. It's like, uh, if you just like get over like a couple of these hurdles or just like willing to sit down for a little while, you can figure out a Bitcoin wallet. It's not hard. Bitcoin.com wallet makes it so easy and all this stuff. And it's probably the same thing with the, you know, if I wanted to contribute to the nodes or whatever, maybe I could do that with a similar, similar kind of attitude. Yeah, so speaking of the nodes, that's our next topic. We've got BCHN have released V25.0. So they're obviously one of the or the most popular uh, node software on BCH. And we've had uh, this new release comes with support for all of the chips, the network upgrades uh, that is happening in May 2023. So you've got restrict transaction version, uh, which basically locks in the current transaction versions, which are one and two as being the only valid ones so that uh, people can't be trying to sneak in soft forks like they did on SegWit on BDC. So it's kind of shutting off that. And if you want to do an upgrade, you have to do a hard fork, which in a BTC land is a catastrophe. But in BCH land, it's actually smart because it means that people will have to convince the community that this is the direction everyone's going in and you can't have these weird uh, UASF uh, type of political shenanigans. Then you've got chip 2021.01 minimum transaction size has been lowered from 100 bytes to 65 bytes. So for potentially some use cases where you need smaller uh, transactions, that will work and obviously uh, allows to get more transactions for the same amount of block space. So that's a good thing. You have cash tokens, which is the headliner really, which is allowing BCH to have on-chain native uh fungible tokens and non-fungible tokens as well as better uh smart contract capabilities and uh state basically embedded into the blockchain which is huge and then you have uh pay to script hash 32 as well which is uh one that allows a new type of contract that's more uh secure for multi-sig and other complicated uh types of contracts i believe as well uh too which is important because now we're adding cash tokens and bigger integers and all this stuff is making the chain more powerful so you can't have edge cases where people are locking up you know hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever and then their coins are getting uh attacked by uh collision hash collision attacks and things like that so uh got a ton of good stuff and i mean to me the notable thing is really that 
this upgrade is in May and it's the start of December. It's already out. So I don't know about you, but to me, this is like some unheard software development where things are getting out ahead of time rather than rather than behind time. So how much do you follow actually the the node development uh, stuff and the, the protocol thing? Like, I mean, you're, you're a dev, right? So you might be able to get in the, get in the mix there, but what, what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like people are really doing work and obviously there's top notch guys. I mean, that we met at the conference that are involved in this, but I mean, it's just not something that I really dedicate a lot of time to looking into. I just kind of focus my efforts on what I'm working on and try to, I mean, you know, if there's a new feature that I can take advantage of, of course, like I'd love to, but I just kind of try to use what's available to me and build things, build things at the application layer. So, yeah, and not, I mean, it's not super <laughs> exciting, I guess. Yeah, well, it's something that BTH is just very strong on, and I feel very blessed in that regard. Is that because of the whole history with the number of forks and stuff? There's been a lot of turnover with the core devs but uh, that actually shows an incredible resilience that there were enough people to come in and fill those those gaps when it was uh, left open. And I think for as much as the rest of the ecosystem can be a bit scrappy uh, with its like financial situation, with the price declines and, you know, like for instance, the, a lot of the marketing and so on is not really well-funded or the businesses so much, that's starting to get fixed, but, you know, it's still kind of coming together, uh, especially, I guess, with cash rain now. But the uh the node teams seems like they've got money and they're sorted and they're just happy to just keep working away and they're just churning out industry leading stuff that we're all really going to benefit from but the reason it hasn't exploded so much yet is because yeah people like you and me coming in to make apps that's more of a newer thing you need to have a nice stable protocol a powerful protocol too that's not changing around uh too much and that the developers can see look if i'm going to spend three months or six months reading up on all this skilling finding out what are the tools and blah 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 getting entrenched in this community that it's going to pay off and it's not like this is going to be an ftx scam and suddenly i spent six months of my life learning your cash script and then this coin isn't around anymore or i made this whole library or this community tooling or whatever and then i'm just wrecked so i think you know, we'll see more like uh, cash rain is a classic example of that. But and that other thing from the Bitcoin Cash City too. But I think over the next couple of years, you're going to see a huge, like a small, and then a huge growing spike in the number of devs coming into to build apps for uh, for BCH. But that's just my that's just my feeling. So speaking of that, let's talk about your app. So this is just a theoretical app that is not is ready to be released or whatever, but just walk me through it in in your own words what you're kind of hoping to build well if you like yeah since you're yeah. linking on zoom to the demo uh site. i said it's demo just it, it will eventually sync to my my main website which is davidhudman.com but uh for right now i've just got it in like the s3 bucket because something about uh aws it like kind of takes a while to sync when you have um these like uh, these like edge hosting things they do anyway it's um it's i can't remember the name of the service but AWS is kind of annoying and so the site doesn't deploy as fast as it should anyway to get into the uh free bitcoin cash register is kind of what i'm calling it um basically it's just I, it started with me just kind of wanting to give people a way to tip me and donate money to me and so i heard uh ryan giffen you know when i 
hung out with him doing the merchant onboarding, told me about prompt.cash. And I looked into it and just kind of saw how you can put your XPUB in there and just to get addresses generated for you. And I'm like, that's a powerful thing for, for customers, but they don't, they don't really build a lot for merchants themselves, which I, I feel like they should, but since they give me the capability to do that, then I'm going to go ahead and do it. And so I started off just building it for myself. And I sort of built it as if I was a restaurant. And so, you know, over time, like some friends tip me for different things. We might, if they were into Bitcoin cash, you know, or open to trying it, you know, they might tip me for pizza or beer, you know, whatever. And uh, eventually I created a merchant signup page. So um, that is live now. And if you go on the website, I mean, if you want to try it out, I'm not sure if you know, we can see it on the live yeah, stream. I'm just, I'm just clicking a, a, around it here. Jet, have you got it uh, live up on the on the stream? Or maybe also we've got to be mindful, you know, some of it's just the audio listeners, right? So we've got to kind of try and yeah. describe to them. So I've got so I've got your like David Hardman, you've got full stack web developer, donate, pay me, free Bitcoin cash, register, your LinkedIn, GitHub and stuff. So it's kind of like a, a personal website uh type yeah. of thing especially a, a very common for software developers right because kind of one of the ways you prove that you're a legit software dev is you to make a site uh, uh, about you and you put it up there for when you're yeah when you're trying to get a job basically and then when you don't you just fucking let it degrade and then when you need a job again you go back and <laughs> touch it up with all the That's latest right. technology that's basically how it goes right but if i click this first uh, button donate pay me it then says payment methods i got three buttons crypto venmo and cash app so clicking on cash app takes me to a screen with a little qr code uh that i assume yeah if you have a yeah, cash, it, cash app user you can just do that right yeah so yeah friends of mine that you know just want to pay me in cash app or venmo i have an option for them as well it's just it, all it does is link to my profile and then they can request or they can um or you know they can send me some if they if they want um but the the page that i'm drawing your attention to is the uh you know after you click the free bitcoin cash register there's a create merchant page and right. uh, or there's a create merchant page button and that allows you to define your your merchant name and send me your xpub and then once you send me your xpub i can go through and create a prompt.cash account for you and what that allows me to do is to monitor your transaction so if you want to keep your privacy and and you can actually save time by signing up. You can just put in your prompt.cash public token if you already have an account. You'll be sharing your XPUB with them. Um, but if you wanted to keep it away from me for some reason, and you know, th then you could, then you wouldn't get to have your activity monitored on our map. And so that's like kind of the main features. I'm showing a map of merchants, and I'm showing who's actually active based on who's signing up here because you can list your location and. Um, you can also provide your email to me if, you know, there's any issues or anything like that. So, um, okay. and anyone who I guess is interested in this and, you know, wants to, to sign up can just kind of write a message in one of the boxes. I, I don't really check anything. It's all like very, um, uh, it, it's still like, you know, it, it, it does work, but it just doesn't enforce a lot of the rules like on an XPUB and what that is. So if someone wanted, you know, more information about like what I'm working on next, you know, they could leave me their email and, you know, write an XPUB box and I would see their, their note to me. So. All right, cool. So I reach out to I me on Twitter. The, that might be better. <laughs> I, I've put the, yeah, I've put the link in the, in the description there. And also um, we'll put it in the description of the video when we publish this on YouTube. So it's kind the, of like, the, yeah. The so you're making my S3 bucket. 
<laughs> yeah, well, that's it. That's that's right, what, we're what we've got to go with. <laughs> this is the demo version. You're now live on the beta beta yeah. version without realizing. <laughs> it's all good. It, it's it all will good. be on davidhubman.com within a few days. It's just it's got to sync up those like those hosting. Yeah, that's it's cached. Yeah, 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 it's cached. Yeah, I think it's like Route 53 whatever. or something. I, I can't remember. What yeah, 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 yeah. So you kind of like wrapped uh, some of the prompt.cache tooling then and just made it a bit easier. I like that because prompt.cache, are you collaborating with them directly? I imagine you've talked to like Eclipta and the the devs there about this as yeah. well too. Like it's, it's like, it sounds like you've just identified maybe a, you need an easier uh, wrapper for that and you're sort of now providing that. And I'm sure over time it can just be all built automatically straight in, right? Yeah, I mean, I I have talked to to Eclipter, um, just kind of told Eclipter what I was working on, and um, that was about the extent of it. I, I think I might have asked for for one thing because I was potentially going to be signing up a lot of accounts and was hoping I could create them automatically. I mean, maybe at some point I need to actually do this, provide Eclipter services on my own. Um, but I mean, this will suffice for now, and basically just allows people to have a you know their own merchant page. Um, so I'll go to my website. It'll be davidhudman.com slash merchant slash whatever the merchant name is, and it'll pull up their stuff. Um, and I mean, that, that that's about it. From there, that's going to be the foundation that allows me to build more, like I talked about with the map. And then uh, we'll also get into what you have on the slide there is that uh, we'll add merchants that have QR code payments at restaurants. Yeah. And this is sort of like the straw purchasing, we'll we'll call it. Um, the straw purchasing is kind of an interesting concept because you can, if you don't have a credit card that gives you like whatever the maximum available reward is for whatever place you're going to, you can take advantage of someone else that has has that with, you know, extra capacity. Because sometimes they do have formats. Like, you know, you can't, if it's, you know, 5%, cash cash back on gas or something they may limit you at like fifteen hundred dollars but if anyway if someone's still got that extra capacity then they can still pass that on to you and that's that's a pretty cool concept um right so just explain this uh straw purchasing thing because when you said to me i've never heard of that i imagine a lot of people outside the u.s have never heard of that so what is it originally and how does this apply with your crypto merchant solution sure so the i mean as I understand straw, straw purchasing, the original meaning, if you want to say it, at least it's how it's commonly used in the U.S., is referring to people buying guns for other people. So people who have like a clean background check would go and buy the gun, and then they would sell it to somebody who maybe doesn't have that. Well, kind of in the same way, it's sort of what we're doing is we might be giving people the option to buy because they can't get a credit card for for whatever reason. Um, to give you like the most woke reason imaginable, let's say they came across the Mexico border and like they can't get a credit card, like those poor families, yeah. but they have cryptocurrency. So we're allowing these, these, uh, those less fortunate to use Bitcoin cash and uh, circumvent the greedy capitalist credit card companies. But, so it's kind of like an underwriting uh, service, then that's maybe the name I'm more familiar with the idea being that. So I go to a restaurant and I, order my you know $50 meal I get that and then so I send you the Bitcoin cash and then you pay the merchant in fiat acting as kind of like a temporary intermediary is that is that the idea 
Yeah. So let's just say, you know, you, you come to davidhudman.com and when I have this feature deployed, you'll be able to do this. Um, you'll submit to me the QR code that they give you on your seat um, that you would, you know, normally you might just put the credit card down on the bill or, or you could scan that QR code with your phone and then pay through a website. Well, so what you're going to yeah. do is you're going to send me that QR code or, or you're going to send me the link. And then uh, once you send it to me, then I can go and scrape off the information to, you know, find out how much you actually owe and what's going to satisfy the bill. So then I can request that amount of BCH from you minus maybe some kind of small discount. And then once I receive the BCH, which is you know instant, there's no confirmation time, zero comp. So then I can pay the restaurant uh, with my credit card that potentially has a, um, a discount for eating out. So I'm like kind of passing that on to you and, um, and then your bill settled. So I, I, and I'm also hoping to use restaurants, at least like the ones I was testing at people in the U S who might be familiar with Cracker Barrel, um, was kind of where I saw it. I was, I'd just come back from the conference. I was eating at Cracker Barrel and I saw it there. And, um, and they also allow you to send confirmation emails after you pay the bill. So that's a huge thing too, because then I can bring other people in who have the credit cards and they can, you know, we make it a requirement that so you have to send the confirmation email. It has to come from this address. So there's ways to audit everything and verify it and see, you know, in case anyone's trying to defraud people, there's, there's a, there's a paper trail. Okay. So this, this is obviously all going to be automated, right? You're not going to be literally sitting there waiting for it to come in and then shit better type in my credit card. <laughs> uh, yeah. But this is, this is where I'm going to get, yeah. get my mom to help me just enter credit card numbers all day in these, in these websites. <laughs> Well, you might want to start like that's often the way that these things start, right? You start doing it manually and then you automate yeah. kind of uh, piece by piece. Like I'm sure the MVP will probably involve somebody sitting next to a computer, like on the phone, like, okay, I'm typing it in now. <laughs> I mean, I, there could definitely be some some manual parts to it. But I mean, the way I foresee it right now, I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with web scraping. I've done a lot of it and um, like scraping off uh flight data for another project out there on my website. So um, typing in boxes, automating all that, that should, should be no problem. Okay. All right. Cool. Very, very interesting. And I think it's super interesting that you're inspired as well by the, by the conference, you know, going there gave you a physical example of how it's kind of working now. And then when you saw the, the fiat system back home, you, it was kind of uh, lighting off uh, creative, creative bells there, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I have to, you know, shout out Ryan Giffen again uh, a little bit on this because when I was going around seeing how he was signing up merchants, I mean, I, I think I immediately noticed like, man, he's spending money on these tablets. And that was the same thing they were doing in St. Kitts too. Um, and it's kind of like, well, everybody here has a smartphone, employees have them, I have them. You know, why do we need to give them this extra hardware that buy and, you know, needs to stay charged? Why don't we just use what we already have? And, then not only that, it'll be because, um, and I guess I didn't even mention this um, as part of the, the merchant signup page. The, the key thing that I'm giving them is not just a signup page that they can go to, um, but I'm actually giving them a printable QR code that they can display in their business with like very simple instructions. So it's got like five quick steps. And I'm not sure if that's something that we can throw up on the screen, but um, or something. That yeah, I can, maybe. How do we? How do we? Yeah, just tell if I can do a screen share or something like that. Maybe that. Maybe that would be good. But. Um, Anyway, when they sign up, they're they're going to get a QR code that links to their merchant page, and it's going to have the five 
simple instructions and they're not going to be able to screw it up. Um, you know, it's like, I, I don't know about that part. Okay. Like that, okay. Uh, All right. Maybe I was a little you, bit invent, too, invent too a, a simpler system. I'll find you a better idiot. You know, that's, yeah, right. that's always the way, but I'm sure with a bit of uh, a bit of iteration, it'll be slimmed down to the point that a, you know, a monkey can do it. Definitely. Yeah. yeah right. It's like the people coming in to pay, they're probably going to be competent users for the most part. I mean, we, we should be aware that maybe they won't be, but for the most part, they're going to be the ones that know something. The employees aren't going to be trained on this. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. providing employee instructions, really, which in this case, it's just four instructions. It's the employee scans the QR code with their phone. The employee enters the amount owed in the text box. And the employee shows the, the QR code that gets generated to the customer. The customer pays and then the employee um, waits for the green check confirmation. And it's four steps. That's yeah, it. pretty, pretty, so, pretty straightforward. Uh, okay, all right. And Ooh, having and this... that, and having those instructions in the business is free advertisement. I mean, we're like Bitcoin Cash accepted here. Um, it's it's not just it's not just a, like a thing. It's like this is how you do it. So then the customers yeah. start to understand. The more casual customer might kind of look at that and say, "Oh, that doesn't sound too hard." Maybe you know, I'm a technologist already. Why not at least try it or something? There's a lot of programmers out there, so it might appeal to them. Yeah, no, this is very, very cool stuff. And I like, I love to see this kind of innovation in the community, right? Because it's, again, it's something that's very different between BCH and a lot of other communities because there is so much of a focus on onboarding people in real life, uh, you know, like at the conference, obviously I was talking to people, but I saw several other times, you know, people like Ryan, like you said, and Bitcoin Jason, they're really good at it. These guys these guys are really good at it. Getting people to say, "Okay, just try it out. Here you go. Here's how it is. Let me explain. Send, receive, blah blah blah." And then you also have all the tooling and there's so on and so forth. Other coins are not really going to be able to compete with a lot of that, even if they think that they can. Or it's it's not easy. And there's a whole ecosystem of not only knowledge in the actual heads of the community as to how this is all done, but also all the tools that go along with it, which are obviously being built mostly just for BCH, or at least there are some coin agnostic ones, right? But the BCH ones are being just built for the BCH community. So if somebody else, if Litecoin wants to suddenly do their adoption in, not St. Kitts, but anywhere else, uh, you know, in Texas then they're going to have to reinvent all this stuff or start from scratch or look at what we're doing. But, you know, we have uh, integrations and things that they're going to have to do themselves. And then they're going to come with their own ideas, which is going to be less battle tested. And so, and all that just adds up uh, quickly as to how I can see BCH getting ahead and ahead and ahead in the race until it just becomes obvious. Like it's easier to switch to BCH than it is to rebuild everything on this other, this other coin. Yeah. And I mean, and, I'm happy to provide, you know, lightning integration if it's possible. I mean, it'd be extra work for me. So like, I probably won't do it, but if, you know, Maxis are willing to work with me and, you know, I, I, I do know a few out there that, you know, might be one to lend a hand. It's like, okay, yeah, we can put that on the site. But um, as far as using lightning for, you know, some of these, you know, straw purchasing type things where you're passing on the discount, it's like lightning might not work as well because you're going to, you do get fees in lightning and um sometimes they can go up pretty high so i i wouldn't um i mean sometimes they could be low it may it may work fine um but i'm i mean i think it's a lot easier to use bch so um kind of open the um 
Yeah. Yeah. No complaints. I'm, I'm a little bit agnostic, all. but that, that seems to be, you know, I'm, I guess I'm trying to kind of take the entrepreneur route. Um, some of the people we met at the conference seem to seem to be taking that route, and um, and they were probably doing the coolest stuff. Um, not to not to mention too many names that you know don't want to expose too many people. <laughs> in there, yes, <laughs> it's coming. It's coming though. People are getting uh, people are getting hype, and yeah, there's a lot of people are, are building stuff in the scene, and then that take you know it's under the radar for six months nine months or things take a long time to build you know especially when people are not fu- funded by huge vcs and then they can just do it full time but then on the other hand if it doesn't work fast enough they're just screwed because then it's like what have you got for me and we own it all anyway at the end of the day because we've been paying you to work on it this kind of homegrown stuff maybe it takes a little bit longer to get rolling but once it gets rolling it is uh actually sustainable because it was just the you know people built it up up themselves right so i actually kind of prefer if the community has a lot of that stuff homegrown stuff cooking because then once the vcs get involved and interested what happens is they accelerate those projects that are already working rather than like we see in crypto tossing away money on all this bullshit that uh falls apart you know sooner or later it was just funded off uh, vc dreams so you know uh, yeah yeah Um Kind of curious. There's not a lot of not a lot of comments on it. It seems like so, but I I, I do see the link you posted so in the in the chat. Um, well, yeah, we'll get the we'll get the people in the chat and yeah, click on the click on the link there. They keep bringing up the, the soccer. I think we're pretty excited about the the World Cup <laughs> right now. So in other uh, in other news, we've got here uh, much of the crypto industry continues to chase around Sam Bankman Freed. And sort through the wreckage of the uh, $10 billion loss. We've had Elon on uh, Twitter releasing what he called the Twitter files with this journalist, uh, Matt Tybee, about uh, Twitter being influenced by the government to censor and delete uh, posts that people were just sending messages from the kind of government, both Republican and Democrat, but more often the Democrats basically saying... uh, you know, can you deal with these links? And then the Twitter stuff were just sent back, handled, like they just deleted them, like no questions asked, like we're just the government's propaganda outlet, uh, basically in that regard, uh, including most famously the Hunter Biden laptop and all the things wrapped up in that. And then you've also had JP Morgan trademarking a cryptocurrency payment processing wallet. So they're obviously trying to find their way into crypto after years and probably still today saying this is nothing and we're ignoring it and you guys and your stupid little toy well they kind of can't ignore it any longer it's starting to move on uh without them so they're scrambling to get involved so what do you make of any or all of these this is just the grab bag of other topics to have some thoughts on i I know you were asking me about the uh ftx stuff as well I mean that's probably the most um, the most interesting to our audience or you know new listeners, but I, I, but I can't help but look at the JP Morgan thing and say I, I didn't know about that, and um, gosh, I'm glad I'm in, I'm entering into that space because maybe they'll be looking for a free Bitcoin cash register, and uh, and you know I, I'm trying to be a little bit sneaky with my names, like a little bit a little bit subversive. If I can kind of use like you know blend names together so it's not obvious whether I'm just like using Bitcoin or using Bitcoin cash, uh, it's like maxis might understand, but newbies probably won't. So, um, that's, 
that, that's kind of a cool way to go about it, I think. Um, but I don't know, as far as like the FTX stuff, I mean, I, I mean, I've heard so many things about it, you know, um, it's, it, it's, I feel like it's creating a buying opportunity though, because it's just created so much negative conversation around cryptocurrency um, that, like I was saying earlier, it's like people were actually hostile to just receiving it for free. Um, <laughs> or I say receiving it for free. I mean, maybe like getting a tip or, or, or something. Um, but I mean, you tie in like apparently our politicians were, you know, getting donations through this, this company and like somehow Ukraine was involved. Like I've heard that several places that isn't something I've like read a lot into. So I don't totally understand, you know, what's accurate, but, um, man, it, it was like the day it blew up. I remember Zelensky was like kind of calling for like a peace deal, like immediately. Um, it, it went from being like, just like a very like hawkish, like we have to destroy, you know, Putin or, you know, we have to do whatever to like, Oh, you know, like we'll, we'll come back, we'll come to the table. We'll, we'll figure this, this thing out. <laughs> and then um, FGX blows up and suddenly that's the new biggest story in the world. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I haven't, to be honest, I've followed this a medium amount but I still feel sort of very unqualified because there's so many loose strands and edges and whatever to it that it's ridiculous. It certainly does seem like, well, the, the, the first point is that the whole St. Kitts thing was going on at the same time. And that was basically entirely unaffected, which was amazing to see. It is true that if everybody's using non-custodial wallets and using it as a currency, it doesn't matter if FTX blow it. Nobody was whinging about their money being lost in FTX. Nobody had any money in FTX. Everybody mm -hmm. had been taught and educated how to use it properly. So that was amazing to see. And I did hear some other tourists were talking about, oh, the FTX, blah, blah. So they were talking about it. But then one guy was trying to explain the difference between the Bitcoin Cash stickers and adoption that they were seeing around the island and the FTX stuff and kind of doing a bit of a bad job. But... It, it was interesting to see that the BCH community, both locally in St. Kitts, and I'd say also in, in general, because they are very focused on not your keys, not your coins, and blah, 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 were quite insulated from it. Then you have the fact that, yeah, there seems to be a lot of shady shenanigans going on with, obviously, donations to the Democratic Party, which were known about beforehand. Everybody had already been pointing that out, but it now looks a lot worse once all the fraud and all the lost money, you know, kind of came out of it that looks worse and then the connections that they had between um you know sbf and his parents and who they knew and they were part of the democratic party and all this stuff it's just it's just so bad and the more you get into it the more you're like reality is stranger than than fiction kind of thing and they certainly had this week they had a couple of twitter spaces they had one which sam bankman fried came on it was this guy should be in jail What's he doing having Twitter spaces with, you know, Twitter crypto influencers and people are trying to nail him down. There was this one guy doing a like interrogation of him kind of thing with asking him these questions, but he was kind of softballing him these really crummy questions, basically, where Sam Bankman Free, the way he talks a lot is he kind of just says, oh, I'm sorry, and ums and ahs and stumbles around a bit. And then says, well, I don't quite know exactly what you're talking about. And a lot of these sort of weasel words to try and get around the the question. So there was this whole stream 
I'll have to find a link and put it in the description of people talking to it. it was with Mario Nawal or whatever his name is and this guy Chet Long and they had him for about an hour and he just stumbled his way through all this stuff then right in the last two minutes Kim.com and CoffeeZilla came in and they were just that then that was like the fireworks that was the real stuff but just as they got in there and they started pressing sam on some hard questions suddenly it was like oh we got to wrap up this space guys we didn't have uh time for any more questions uh thanks everyone blah blah blah. see you later so i was just super disappointed to see that yeah the the hard hitters once they were brought in it was like oh that's it guys we used up all the money on the botched uh previous guy who spent 40 minutes out of the one hour on his random tangent that nobody cared about so i yeah i was just disappointed in that but that certainly seems to be what's preoccupying the crypto space at the moment it's just like oh these eight billion is gone what happened to it you know yeah i'd love to see the link to that if anyone has it um I don't know if someone can like post it in the chat or something but yeah yeah let, well, me, I, let, I see, let me see if i can see kim.com's tweet on it um yeah i i would love to check that out it's a very enlightening look at and i mean to me it also really just like the the average person thinking that crypto is just full of scams and this big casino of everyone losing their money i understand why they think that because it's just two different worlds on the ground adoption and an ecosystem and community being created in St. Kitts and then them overshadowed by this huge, you know, ridiculous Ponzi schemes and scams and frauds and all that stuff. And it's just, oh, it's tiring for me, <laughs> you know, whenever I look at it, because I'm like, is this what you guys are really focusing on? Is this what people are spending the time? Yes, it is, because that's a lot of people getting scammed there and, that's truly unfortunate, but hopefully eventually the education will will break through and, and people will start to uh start to see the light. But I'll definitely I'll find this uh, space, I'll link it to you right after this uh show and you can you can have a listen. But it 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 truly doesn't doesn't promote a lot of faith in the in the broader cryptocurrency community because they're busy stumbling over themselves. I don't even know why why was he even doing this chat? Shouldn't his lawyers be telling him? Don't don't do anything. Don't go on these spaces. Like what what what? Well, his lawyers are his parents, right? Aren't aren't they like exactly uh, property lawyers or something? I, I can't remember the whole whole thing, but uh, yeah, I guess he doesn't want to listen to his parents. You know, just like any kid. Or maybe they just told him, yeah, you know, you could go on, but just they've already schooled him in what what not to say. And that's why he keeps just saying, oh, I'm sorry, but I can't really confirm or deny. I don't really know what you're referring to then. He says that about a hundred times. They said to him, so you lost this $8 billion, right? And then he goes, uh, I'm sorry, which which $8 billion? I'm kind of confused. Can you tell me what? And it's like the $8 billion that you lost, mate. What what happened to it? You know? uh, but uh, yeah, he was yeah. just running out, the, running out the clock on them. And there's been this whole series as well of people going to the Bahamas, right? Because then he uh, was allowing Bahaman residents to withdraw because the cops were actually, you know, going to show up to his house and arrest him. So he had to at least pacify them. But then he had to stop doing that because then everybody was like, that's even more of a fraud. You're letting them withdraw, but not us. And it's just (laughs) getting worse and worse. And then BitBoy went to his house or something and some other people have gone to the Bahamas to try and like track him down this international 
vigilante justice but what are they going to do they go along and they get a lot of uh you know um attention from their live stream i was tracking down sam bankman freed but what are they going to do if they even if they see him in person are they going to do a citizen's arrest or something they can't really do that where are they going to shake the money out of him no that's not going to happen they don't have any law enforcement they're just going to get arrested themselves by the police for harassing him because he's obviously being protected by the system it's so ridiculous the whole the whole thing is just yeah i mean I guess anyone here who's like a politician doesn't want to be implicated is just telling them like, Hey, stay down there. I guess, you know, don't, don't come back here and you know, we can, we can keep you safe. We'll <laughs> we something out. To you. Maybe. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's an interesting story. Sure. I, I can't <laughs> offer any like major insight that people haven't already you know heard from other places, but um, yeah. Don't use custodial services. What are you thinking? Like these banks. That's it. Withdraw your coins, not your keys, not your coins. Cold storage, sort yourself out. And then this stuff can all be an interesting news story rather than, oh, great, I've lost my life savings. That's what you got to know. That's what I will always say on this show. Well, to to tie it back to the other project that I like so much, Monero, it's like, I mean, they are banned from exchanges entirely. Like You can hardly even buy it anywhere. And I, I think, you know, Bitcoin should have a community with a, with a goal like that. Um, Cause you know, they've got, I say Bitcoin, like I'm talking about Bitcoin cash, the real Bitcoin. And they're, uh, you know, they're like, like they go way back. Um, the people that work on that project. Um, I mean, I, I referred to Cody Wilson earlier, but he, he worked with another guy on this project, like way back when, maybe like 2013, 2014 called dark wallet. And it was just, kind of it was before i guess it was before monero exists maybe it was even further back than that it was like 2012 or something but they were just working on privacy features for for bitcoin to to make it more anonymous and like they got like a lot of hype but like it never really materialized anything in anything but i think like vitalik was involved in it too so um um but if you ever listen to like amir taki he's he's like a legit anarchists like with solid principles and he's a great a great engineer um you know, like can find videos of him talking about all the different algorithms of the different privacy coins and he's like yeah i explored this one it's like it's, it's okay but man I, I looked at this one this one was like really good and so he, he definitely knows his stuff um and i mean he's not a maxi like I, i'm not sure like you know how, how we got to work with cody wilson because cody, cody wilson's a maxi but like now I guess I guess it was when Amir was trying to make pull requests to the the Bitcoin Core repository, and then he got like shut down. Like they weren't even letting him, and he got pissed. So I guess he just went to work on whatever he actually could work on. Um, and yeah. he's not a guy, so he he was in he was in it really early. I don't know what he's yeah been up to recently. I definitely you know recognize his name from from back in the day, and yeah, he was living in some kind of like abandoned house in spain or something something like that and i think vitalik went to visit him or something like that's this is some very deep uh crypto law here (laughs) yeah yeah you should uh they have a documentary uh that they did it was on cody wilson and amir it was called the new radical and uh i think it's like i don't know 10 bucks on youtube or something but uh it was and you maybe you can find another place but um it was 
it, it was really cool. I mean, like they were going to those abandoned warehouses where Amir just like had a mattress on the floor. <laughs> I was like, man, is this how this guy lives? But I don't know the videos I've seen of him lately. It looks like he's he, he's gotten better living conditions. So I, I don't, I'm not sure he lives like that anymore. Started from the bottom, the true, you know, crypto anarchist uh, yeah. dream there. I mean, I, right. I guess I didn't oh, even explain. Like, sorry, we got so I got so off topic because you know I just wanted to talk <laughs> no, about no, carry on. This is this is good. This is just a chat. Just talk about like some of my introduction into the space, but um, you know, it was way back when. Like Cody Wilson talks about this in his book. Um, it's uh, called "Come and Take It," and it's about him like creating the plans for the first three printed gun that he put online and the government sued him to take it down. But, um, and like initially before the government sued him, he was trying to raise money on, you know, Kickstarter on, um, I think Indiegogo was, was uh, the name of a fundraising site at the time. I'm not even sure if it's still around, but, um, he was trying to raise money on these platforms and not even really getting that much funding, but the fact that they shut it down made everyone aware of it. And so everyone was like, we got to send him money. And so way back in 2012, all these people were like, send Cody Wilson Bitcoin. And there were some people, it was like, send him 1776, you know, like 17.76 or 1.776. And some people were sending like 17 Bitcoin to him. And he, he did really well because of that. So I don't know how much of it like stayed in the project and, um, I don't know if you ever follows the news about him. He's got tons of people suing him, but um, yeah, the fact that he was able to use that like way back when was was pretty cool. And so he's he's been in it for a long time, even though he's a Maxi, he's you know he's an original gangster for sure. Sticking it to oh, the man. along with the along with the mirror. Yeah, yeah, the new radicals. All right, I'll have to check that. I've never actually uh, heard of that. That's super cool. Yeah. Vex on Ice One, uh, thank you for checking in. Just uh, welcome to the stream, first time uh, listener. Cash Rain, obviously bringing in a few people. Okay, we got meme of the week as we kind of get towards the end of the show. It's the laser protection sunglasses. So, listeners to the show, regular listeners might notice that uh, the icon now has me with his green aviators, and the reason for that, if anybody is not aware is it's this community meme that has emerged of everybody adding uh, aviators or wraparound uh, green laser protection sunglasses onto their eyes, kind of as a uh, counter meme to the Bitcoin laser eyes that they have where they had their meme of laser ray to 100K. It actually looks very cult-like uh, and was always kind of weird. Uh, but it failed because the price didn't get to 100k and it's crashed and a lot of them have given it up but a few of them still have their laser eyes on and so yeah there's the bch joke now is to put uh like sunglasses on firstly it looks cool and that's why i like it more as a meme the laser eyes looks like you know some whack job but the uh <laughs> sunglasses is actually pretty cool and i also think it will be cool because we'll be able to get a bunch of sunglasses and at like a conference and people will actually be able to wear them around so you can sort of physically manifest it so i think that's cool and i just have a, also a bit of a screenshot here of a twitter thread which is pretty interesting of some btc versus bch debate going on and the btc people have their laser eyes and the bch people have their sunglasses <laughs> on so it's a pretty cool little uh representation of the 
debate of ideas uh going on going on there but what what do you think about the bch community's uh meme game have you been loving this uh latest iteration or <laughs> yeah i mean I, i've i've been haven't been on twitter a ton lately i haven't tried to i mean i have posted a few things and i, I think uh like the last time i was really getting excited about twitter was when i was posting the saint kit stuff because i think one of my videos like got way more exposure than someone of my account size should um you know maybe i had like 20 followers or something and all of a sudden i had like thousands of people watching me pay for breakfast and saint kits with bitcoin wow. cash and all the maxers like that's a scam coin don't you know like so it started all really wow, wow. I, I didn't even i hadn't even checked twitter because i had like notifications disabled and ryan told me about it, like a day later he's like oh yeah you had this thing like people were writing <laughs> i was like oh dang um because it never happens I, i've just i just assumed i was shadow banned for so long but maybe they unshadow banned me when uh must took over but um i don't know our um our our meme game is kind of strong <laughs> i don't know there's some well good... it could use some improvement like with cash rain i can i can see a bit of that maybe starting up you know i mean it, it worked the the propaganda worked on me right that was how i got exposed to bitcoin cash as an idea and like zero com often you know just asking people questions like well what about this you guys have this feature you know and it, it did help me sort a little bit of fact and fiction um i mean to a certain degree i guess there is truth that to get a quick bitcoin cat a bit bitcoin btc transaction you do have to submit um like with a higher fee but i mean if you're willing to wait you know several hours which you know sometimes you are um you you can get in for the minimum fee which is two cents um to to their credit um and it does make me think like when i see like a two cent transaction fee and two cents flat i mean that's kind of like it seems like a good price for for bitcoin then like if it stays around sixteen thousand, then you'll maintain those those minimum fees at that level which is which is cool um, well yes and no provided they don't have more demand for the trend that, that's the that's the whole point yeah. it's like the water in a bucket you know everything's fine there's not too much sloshing out over the edge but as soon as there's more demand then suddenly the fees just rocket up because suddenly it becomes really competitive and so then what does that do well then that pushes people go actually transacting with bdc is crap and then they go and find alternative solutions and that brings it back down to that stable level so that's why i think it's really interesting that bdc people always say no it's fine i use it and it's like tolerable but that doesn't actually mean it's good all that means is that you've just capped your growth because any growth beyond this immediately makes it unusable people move to your competitors and then you go back down so you can be happy using it the way you are but you're just kind of not realizing the opportunity cost of all the people jumping onto your competitors by keeping things this way yeah and is there i mean maybe there's something that i don't realize like maybe a lightning like an existing lightning account or you know wallet if you want to call it that can it set up another lightning wallet without doing a, a transaction on chain or does every wallet have to be i mean does every wallet have to have a correspond on-chain transaction well for I it think, to be created? well you can have a lightning wallet that's custodial if you don't do an on-chain transaction yes. if you want to have a non-custodial one you, there has to be an on-chain transaction in there somewhere but you can sort of group them up or I can pay for you to open your channel. Now, why would I do that? Just because I'm a nice guy. 
I mean, that doesn't scale, right? I'm not going to yeah. be paying to, but maybe you're my mate. And so maybe I will pay for it. Or maybe you're a business like one of those wallet providers and they will sort of foot the fee, but then they have to find, they have to pay those fees. So then they have to find somewhere else in the business to charge you money to kind of make up for that. Right. So it's kind of yeah. all comes apart at the seams, the more you well, look into it I, really. Yeah. So what I'm trying to try to figure out is what's the quickest that a lightning, like if we had to onboard everyone in the world to have lightning wallets and we want them to be non-custodial, I mean, what's the quickest that we could possibly create those? And is it's it about you know, 80 years? Yeah. <laughs> it, is it like seven transactions per second? Is that, is that three and a half transactions per second? It's about three and a half transactions per second in three reality. And a half transactions per second. I mean, let's just give them the benefit of the doubt and say seven transactions per second, right? It's like um, 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking it'd be around a billion, right? Um, that's what it, billion seconds, four years. <laughs> um, yeah. It's not good. <laughs> But maybe yeah, like yeah. with they grouped transactions like you were talking about, I don't know if that would help them because there's still a block size limit in megabytes. It's not in um you know the number of transactions. So um I'm wondering like maybe they could get some extra there or something, get it down to 20 years. <laughs> it's still too slow. It's still way too slow. Yeah, and that's that that slow. is that's that is you know, that's uh that's only in the case where you're onboarding, you're only doing onboarding traction. That means nobody closes a channel ever. Nobody yeah. makes an on-chain transaction for any other reason out. And nobody ever needs to close a channel to uh, just like if I try and fraud you, then the defense is to publish on-chain. Well, that also, you know, is a completely separate use case. So we're talking about, yeah, 70 years of opening transactions and nothing else. So yeah, it's just never going to work, guys. Uh, Doesn't but- sound good. I don't know. They haven't they haven't figured that out yet. All right. We got message to the community. Last uh slide open, Slather, your chance to tell listeners to the show what do you think is going on in Bitcoin Cash? What do they need to be focused on? What are we doing good? What are we doing bad? Yeah, what do you think, man? Hmm. I mean, sorry, is this in the it's in the chat on Twitch or is this in the... No, no, it's just... Yeah, so I just have... Uh, maybe I've confused you. So the last slide I have, it's literally... I title it Message to the Community. Ah. And it's just for you. It's your free talk opinion. Open platform to speak to the Bitcoin Cash community with any thoughts, advice, feedback, criticism, encouragement, story, or point of view you feel should be more prominent or appreciated in the uh, in the Bitcoin Cash scene. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. People already know there's people who are maximalists and there's people who are not. So it's like, it's not really worth to have that debate to me. Um, I don't know. Just like go out there and build stuff. I mean, we only get somewhere if we, if we try to work and get things done and um, work on user experience. And, um, you know, it's like going to be a little bit of a grind sometimes, but I mean, got to give people reason to want to be in it. And if you think about something long enough, you'll probably come up with some good ideas. Um, sometimes I, I guess I don't work that fast, um, but I am working on, you know, I'm building something and, um, you know, I'm building and I'm brainstorming at the same time. So along, alongside, so 
we'll see how much that changes when um you know maybe i have a little bit less time on on my hands some responsibilities i have but right now i've got a lot of free time so um gives me some good flexibility to keep working so um i encourage everybody else to be working to be building and not to be intimidated by things i guess i'll preach to myself in that way maybe i'll get into the node software and i'll actually start start doing something a little bit more hardcore yeah we're helping you with some of your projects which i've flaked out on yeah yeah well that's it it's uh open anytime i mean i'm in the same situation as you man like i would love there's a 101 different things that i would love to be cracking open the code editor and building but between you know running this show working my job and uh you know living the rest of my life right there's always friends and family and other things you got going on like that, that that's a lot so any extra that we can squeeze around the edges is is brilliant but it gets done when it gets done because that that's just the reality well there's only 24 hours in a day <laughs> so yeah no but as you're saying just just keep cracking away on a homegrown projects yeah it's like i don't know about you but um like i was helping a friend we were throwing a christmas party for some of our friends here in uh here in florida and uh and then like I really don't like taking orders from anybody, like, like no matter what it is. So it's like, maybe like the opportunity to kind of be like a little bit of a lone wolf on a project is like kind of cool. You don't really answer to anybody. You just kind of go out there and do your own thing and people aren't chirping too much at you. Then, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's just free, free space to think. So someone's like, Hey, why isn't this working? You're like, why don't I have this? Or it's like, shut up. You're don't answer to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i tend to think of it as it's one of those great uh conundrums of life right because i'm a bit like that too i i like it i like the idea in theory of it's my way or the highway right but it's kind of a trade-off because when it's all you it is all you so if you're not doing it it's not getting done it's as simple as that and then as soon as you think well maybe i'll collaborate with someone else then we'll be able to play ideas off each other and then as soon as you do that suddenly they have a bunch of ideas which is great because they've got ideas but now you're down to well what if you've got a different idea and what if you disagree and what if they're going to have to do the work for your idea you know and then maybe they're not willing to do that or vice versa and uh mm. so yeah just the great conundrum of humanity doing it alone versus cooperate it's that that saying that people have which i think is quite a good one is if you want to go fast go alone and if you want to go far go together right that's kind of mm. how it is so as a Bitcoin Cash community, we're we're going far, not fast. So just but, stick stick it as a unit, right? But it's pretty cool, you know, your background and that you're you're doing this this podcast because when I think about like, you know, are there any BTC podcasts that are like this technical or that can go as technical as you can go? I mean, you know, Peter McCormick, he definitely can't go as deep as you can go um i think he like just found out what an xpub was or something <laughs> and uh and stefan lavera sounds like he's a little bit more competent um but i mean it sounds like you could you know actually make stuff and i'm i'm not sure i'm not sure if stefan could i mean maybe, maybe he can maybe he'd score and be like yeah you know you know i can do this and i've built all this stuff and i mean maybe i don't know but in any case there aren't that many technical podcasts out there so it's pretty cool to to be able to go to that level even if a lot of people i mean maybe it'll be over a lot of people's heads but i mean to the people to the uh the the faithful remnant it won't be <laughs> the faithful remnant. i love it exactly you're exactly right and yeah. that's that's what it is i mean i do i have had like not exactly criticism but so people have said 
a couple of times like oh there's parts of this that is just going over my my head but i think it is so it's important to sort of strike a, a, a balance you know i mean crypto is a technical project in one sense bitcoin cash fundamentally is a software pro if you don't have the software you don't have anything but on the other hand there is obviously the economics and there's you know the philosophical side to it and there's the social side to it and there's the merchant adoption and all this stuff right so there's every different angle to it so i try and keep it at a it is it is a fairly in-depth technical thing or i allow that to kind of go on the show and i think that's good and i think it yeah it does add credibility to sort of my opinions and uh you know for the for the listeners but on the at the same time there's also been demand for some kind of shorter form content or some other summaries or something a bit more accessible so that is that is in the back of my mind i don't want to change this because this is already working and the people who enjoy it really enjoy it so i want to keep that uh going but i will eventually come up with uh some other way of, of packaging like you were saying about doing a half hour podcast that was a bit more like easy to yeah. easy to follow like that that could be another another thing we could uh explore at some point i guess yeah i mean or as we like go through the slides you know maybe you have first three minutes of each slide and then like eh, if you want to hear, hear more then you know click something if, if not then you know just go to go to whatever yeah yeah do, do, uh, do it's just like more building involved and we're already building things it's just there's so much that's why i need copilot man it's gonna it's gonna 10x your development capability <laughs> okay all right i will i'll give that a i'll give that a go and i'll link you to this uh mario uh space as well too with sam bankman fried so that will do it for the show we got the uh patrons thank you very much ricky and hp thank you to everybody who came into the stream for the first time for cash rain that was actually really fun i don't know if we're going to make that a regular thing but i probably can't dish out a bch every week but uh maybe you know we can keep the fun going there apparently there was a lot of other people doing donations and stuff after it was happening on the stream so that was super cool and anybody who hasn't tried it out definitely go check out uh cash rain Dot com anybody can check out bitcoincashpodcast.com if you're new there's a lot of information there about the show and about bitcoin cash in every aspect so you can find out what that is. if you're confused what you've got yourself into read that hopefully it should uh help you out a lot there um and shout outs for the show thank you also to the donators anybody who scans the qr code sends in some satoshis David, do you have a shout out? Where can people find more of you or anything, anyone else in the community you want to give a shout out to? Um, well, I'm David Hudman on Twitter. Um, I have a website, davidhudman.com. There's a donate button, Bitcoin Cash, if you want to send me some free sats. Um, but you should send us Jeremy. He's doing all the work. I just kind of showed up. So. <laughs> um it's like and now like i stopped away from my website to update i think you have to go to the bitcoin cash register app now or bitcoin cash register button and then go to the donate page then click the donate like there's a second step now i, I took donate off the front page but i moved it back but now i'm waiting for my route 53 things to sync oh, across yeah, the yeah. globe for everybody to be able to get the latest so it's um yeah man that platform's garbage on route 50 on aws <laughs> um yeah follow me on twitter david hudman i'm david hudman on instagram um i have a youtube channel it's also david hudman 
should be pretty easy to find. Um, we'll get all those links in the description. Not a lot of David Hudman's out there. So yeah, well, a common first name, but you got the nice combo with the last name. So yeah, nice. it almost sounds sounds common because it's not that that far from Hudson. Um, yes, but. It's like Hudson, but he grew up and became a man. Hudson. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, the real uh the real top dog here. Yeah. <laughs> the, the real date all those David Hudsons sit down because uh you got it you got another thing coming, you know, you're just pretenders to the throne. <laughs> the Hudman. That's it. Jet, any shout outs from you? You've been pretty quiet over there. Uh nothing nothing really new, I would say. Uh just Still feeling a lot of appreciation for Sonny uh, and for MP Bryson and, and, and Honorable Terrence Drew and Roger and everyone in Elliot and everyone that helped make the conference uh, as banging as it was. It was so nice to meet everyone there and I'm excited for the Bitcoin Cash 2023 conference. Yeah, the hype is already rolling for that, actually, which I would say is quite a good sign because yeah. these things take a long time to organize. So, uh, and, and I'll know. second that shout out to Sonny because, I mean, man, work he did. And, you know, to those of us who thought oh, maybe Roger was involved, Roger said, no, it's it's 97%, not 98% Sonny or you know, whatever he said. So, um, yeah, it, definitely incredible the work that he's done and and the you know the um mp bryson it, it was mp yeah mp yeah, yeah. okay Member parliament yeah 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 that's i mean you know he, he took some big risk um and sent some shockwaves so shout out to him too absolutely my shout out is to kim.com because better late than never it took it took a while everybody was worried that it was vaporware and i said i wouldn't give him any more airtime or props on this show until he actually delivered and gave took a while but he got there in the end and he has delivered it and so far it's been amazing so it's pretty crazy for the first uh 48 hours and as we can see from the live stream a ton of uh new people came in actually so uh that certainly helped out this podcast and yeah it's just the first 48 hours so who knows once he's had a couple weeks you know the team i'm sure is working a way they're gonna take on feedback upgrade improve things uh and i'm you know i can see it going really really mega viral so i'm mad happy to be here right at the start of it because it's amazing and thanks to everyone who uh did any cash rains in my uh group as well because that's that's pretty cool too love to see it All right, that'll do it for this week. Thank you very much for listening and until next time. The greatest story the world has ever known. The rise and rise of Bitcoin. 2022. A single chance for the world, a single moment in time. Bankers captures all, our cryptocurrency flies, gets to decide. Phoenix fly from the flame, Bitcoin BCH forever changing the game.